With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Yeah. Mmm. Mixed martial arts. Mixed Mike. Martial arts. Jose. UFC 272 AK. preview show starts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fired up. I am officially amped, everybody, because one of the UFC's most heated rivalries, as you can see, the two men facing off right there on the thumbnail. It will come to a head tomorrow night. You heard it all by now. The full story, teammates, best friends, corners, right-hand man, roommates. Then things turned the opposite direction. Things went south. The friendship began to deteriorate, morphed into pure hatred. And now, a long time in the making, Colby Covington and Jorge Mazadal will settle it inside the hallowed octagon as we welcome everybody to the ufc 272 live preview show here on mafighting.com i am mike heck i got a crew with me this week let's bring everybody up let's bring the whole screen up the whole foursome we got jose young's in las vegas for a little while before his fight week continues on he's got some cool stuff upcoming we have ak lee dancing away fist pumping like he's just one of the night of the roxbury brothers He's the Prince of Positivity. We have the BTL champion, Jed Mishu, with us as well. Let's get right into this thing. AK, stop dancing. Jose, let us begin with you. We've seen grudge matches and rivalries and former teammate battles for years. It's been a, a staple in combat sports. And you were probably on site for a lot of these over the, over the last five or six years or so. But here we are, a night away from Covington versus Mazadal. You've gotten a different perspective than all of us. We've had to watch the streams of these events. You've been in the building to watch them live. Where does this one rank for you in terms of heat, hostility, etc.? Is this top three? Is it higher than that? I think it's top five for sure. Uh, off the top of my head, like Jones, DC is obviously a big one. Chocolate, Altito, Ortiz 
was a really big one. Uh, I know Brock Lesnar, Frank Mayer, like like Frank Mayer lost his commentary job because he said he wanted to kill Brock Lesnar. Then Brock Lesnar got in his face after he won. So like those are just all off the top of my head. I'm sure there's more, but this is right up there. I mean, it's got it's. I don't understand the the people that say this is a work or this is a this is fake or they planned this because I really I just don't understand where that's coming from. Like maybe that's what people want and they're telling themselves, but this is legit you don't compare a cuban man to fidel castro as a joke you just don't you don't compare anyone like like you saw Harry mazdal's response you've seen colby covington's response so this isn't a joke this is for real uh, i would say top five uh considering there's not even a title on the line and this is headlining a pay-per-view uh outside of the rivalry these are also two of like probably the five six best welterweights in the world so it's just a high level martial arts competition all around so even if this wasn't this heated rivalry uh grudge match i would want this over five rounds and i just love this fight as a fight the sprinkle is these two just hate each other's guts i think one of them hates the other one a little bit more but i this is about as real as it gets for me okay so ak you're sort of on the opposite end because you spoke about this on the way in show you believe, and I believe the, the the quote you used was, these guys have worked themselves into a shoot, brother. And whether you believe that this rivalry is, is legit or any of us believe it or anybody else, fans, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's do they believe it? it do the fans believe it? And when there is meat on the bone like this, AK, the UFC is about as good as anybody at promoting such a thing. They put it out there, they put it everywhere, and they make sure you know that these guys hate each other. So in your eyes, even though you think that it's kind of a work here, where does this grudge match, the promotion of it, the anticipation of it, rank in your eyes compared to some of these other ones in the past? Oh, it's it's right near the top. And look, I think I think uh, my comments about this being a work may have been construed as like a criticism of the feud. No, that's a good – that's like a bonus. Like I like being – People know I come from the world of like, I'm a fan of pro wrestling. I like being fooled. I like when people put in the effort and commit. So there's certainly so obviously some reality to it. Like this is not pro wrestling. These guys are not, you know, professional, uh, you know, they're not WWE superstars or AW wrestlers. They, 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 these are real human beings. They, there's definitely uh, animosity there. Um, again, I do think it will be resolved by a fight. I do think uh, maybe, maybe uh, not this one. Maybe there will be a rematch at some point. But I do think at the end, both these guys are going to have made each other a lot of money. And that will that will heal all wounds. So, but yeah, but even if it is, you know, people are like me and leaning more towards the side where it's uh, kind of a uh, at least some of the beef is manufactured. That's a feature for me, not a bug. I I I'm not complaining about that. So I love this rivalry. I, I've been saying for a long time, and this wasn't the original plan, but that if this fight was ever made, it should have you could headline a pay per view uh, with it without there being any title fights on it. I oh I always felt that way. Uh, the, like I think there's the narrative behind it is so strong. The video packages, all the video they have of God, their past. This guy's my best friend, and 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 showing them uh, being with each other in so many big moments in the UFC. That, like that's real. That that <laughs> that is not there's unless they're playing the longest game ever. Uh, there's no way to manufacture, it. and that, and that's the beauty of it. That's the sort of thing the UFC can't manufacture it. Masvidal and uh, Covington can't manufacture it. Nobody can. That that part is so 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 real, and I think so compelling. And as Jose said, it's just a it's just a really good fight. Covington would be probably the one the welterweight champion if Kamaru Usman didn't exist. And Masvidal is still riding this wave of this incredible story that we never thought uh, would be for him. We never thought he'd be the super famous fighter. So I mean. I don't see how anyone can complain about this uh, being a peer-review headliner. It's 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 pretty fantastic stuff. Jed, many will look at Habib Connor 
that whole thing, these two guys, I mean, that was a wild build. It was chaotic, maybe the craziest and most memorable and at times most uncomfortable build to a fight in UFC history. The tension, I mean, you could cut it with a knife. That entire fight day, whether you're in in that arena, in that city, or thousands of miles away, everyone sort of felt the same about it. It was just this weird, intense feeling. But at the same time, in terms of the actual fight, very few people outside of maybe Conor McGregor's camp or outside of his team or Ireland thought Conor had any chance to beat Habib in that fight. The fight happened. Habib runs him over. It was to be expected. This one, a little more interesting. Sure, Covington's a big favorite, but Mazadal does have paths to victory, and it doesn't seem completely inconceivable for Gamebred to win this fight like it may have been for McGregor. So with that said, how do you like this build, this rivalry? Where does it compare in the in the history books for quote-unquote grudge matches well you know it's it's hard because we had such a true and honest grudge match to kick off the year between francis and ganu and Cyril gone those guys just couldn't stand each other so i mean look this is a good one um it's uh <laughs> it's it's not fake but it is manufactured um and what i mean by that is they didn't have to hate each other they like Habib and Connor is a really good example because those two dudes were going to hate each other. There's no world in which they were not going to hate each other. Um, and it just so happened that this was the nexus upon which they crossed. And like they're just anathema to each other as individuals, basically. And so they were always going to hate each other, especially when the object in conflict is something that they both want. Covington and Mosfidal, as far as I can tell, uh, it didn't start out that they, I mean, they obviously didn't hate each other as they were friends, but like the entire feud feels like it was fabricated at the start. It has now evolved into something extremely real, but kind of my read on it is just Covington thought that he is better than Masvidal based on gym sessions. Masvidal was becoming this star. And so he tried to grab a little bit of that shine and then like he didn't actually feel hurt or upset or really have big thoughts on Masvidal other than I'm probably better than him. Uh, and then Masvidal got mad and then it just spiraled out from there. And like Jose said, I mean, at this point, it, it's obviously extremely real because whether Colby cares or not, I still am not certain that he will have any actual hard feelings towards Masvidal, whatever comes on Saturday night. Uh, you can't call... Corey Masvidal, Fidel Castro, and him not be super upset about it. And so I think that this is extremely real, at least one-sided. I think the other side, maybe it's like, I, I doubt that Colby Covington actually cares, uh, if we're being honest, but he's playing his role. And so in that end, it is a little bit manufactured. It's a little bit fabricated. But Corey Masvidal obviously cares a whole lot. And when one dude hates you, if you, like, you can't, there's no way for that to make common ground, right? Like, Masvidal is not going to forgive Covington unless Covington apologizes, and even then, probably not. And Covington isn't going to do that. So it's a real feud. There's real heat. Um, I think it is a little bit one-way traffic, and maybe that's what we're feeling as opposed to the Connor Habib thing where both dudes hated each other's guts. Jose, you mentioned high-level martial arts competition. You said you're into this thing. I don't blame you. I don't know if... If you're going to be at the level, you'll probably be next month when Volkanovski and Korean Zombie get ready to do the damn thing. But I think this mm -hmm. one's probably right up there. So I'm curious, mm -hmm. what is your glaring question from a martial arts standpoint that you have? 
heading into this fight tomorrow night? Like, what's that one question that you have that you just cannot wait to be answered outside of this, whoever's outside of who wins the actual fight? I want to see if Colby. <laughs> Every time. This is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Jen, oh, I'll go to you. What do you think? What's the glaring question? I'm huge. Uh, Look how big I am. The glaring question for me is what Colby Covington do we see? Is Colby Covington still what he used to be? Because over his last two fights against Woodley and against Usman um, and against Usman the other time, so I guess his last three fights, he fought way different than his entire rise. And I think there are only two real answers for why that could happen. His come up was defined by his pace, pressure and wrestling. He would just be on top of you. He'd shoot a lot. He was doing that thing and wearing people out as Bisping calls it very stupidly, in my opinion, weaponizing cardio. Um, but he did not do that a lot. He just tried to play like a much more confident striking game uh, in those last three fights. And I think that there's a, a clear explanation that Woodley and Usman are amongst the best defenders of takedowns in the history of the sport. So trying to enforce a wrestling heavy game plan is a way to ruin his cardio advantage and, and kind of give them more opportunities. I think that's a credible thing. And then there's also a lot to argue that he's 34, 35. Uh, that style puts him in wears out much more quickly and so he had perhaps been adapting himself to compete in a different way uh for you know just because of mileage because you can't do that all the time in the gym and in fights and and not feel it so that's what i want to see because if he comes out and is old colby covington he is going to run through jorge masvidal like it's not going to be close if he's the covington who fought rafael dos anjos or any of those dudes on that come up. But if he comes out as the Covington who fought Usman the first time or Woodley, or even then the first couple of rounds against Usman last time, Masvidal has a really good chance to pull off the upset and things get a lot more interesting. So that's, that's the big thing I'm, I'm wondering and we'll, we'll see. Jose, are you back? I hope so. You are. For whatever reason, this only happens on preview shows. <laughs> so what's what's your glaring question here uh pretty much if colby Covington can actually drown hori masvidal like he said um i think colby i think hori masvidal has a lot of weapons that i think colby covington has shown been susceptible to if you watch those kamaru uzman fights kamaru uzman was giving colby a lot of problems with like attacks to the body and hori masvidal has an absolutely wicked kick to the body and if he folds Colby and then hits him with like you know that kind of running hook that's going to be a bad time for Colby Covington but Colby Covington is obviously he calls himself the cardio king you can drown with cardio whatever you want and we say this all the time like you can be really good at wrestling and you can be really good at taking people down but can you keep them there and you can be really good at defending takedowns but can you stop multiple in one round so I really want to see if like Jorge's obviously training with Bo Nichols he's obviously trains with a lot of high level wrestlers he's been preparing for Kamara Usman and Ben Askren uh, for the last few years. So, you know, he's actually had really high level wrestling camps uh, to prepare for high level grapplers. Colby's obviously a little different fighter than the two, than Usman and Ben Askren. So I'm just curious who makes the first mistake. Cause I really think that's, what's going to come down to like if Kamar, I really think if Jorge hurts Colby once he has that killer instinct where he might be losing like three minutes, four minutes of a round. If he hurts Colby once, he's not going to take the foot off the gas. He's just going to blitz in and kind of 
try to decapitate Colby Covington. Now, can Colby Covington avoid that? Maybe we'll see on Saturday. Uh, so my biggest question is who just makes the first mistake and who can capitalize on that? You got AK. What's yours? Anything different? Anything stand out? What's that one question you have? So the one thing that's standing out for me, just kind of reviewing uh, Covington's resume is um, I feel like this is the first fight in a while where his opponent has a lot more to gain than him, if that makes sense. Uh, I mean, we clearly know Maslow has a lot more to gain from this win than him. Because uh, let's go. The Damian Maya fight, I feel like Colby was still kind of proving to people that he was a legitimate contender. You know, um, I, I think I believe I'm pretty sure I have to believe Maya was favored uh, in that fight. The RDA fight for the interim title again. RDA was a former world champion, um, not a welterweight, a lightweight, but there was still a thought like, okay, well, Colby has to prove that he can beat a, a former UFC champion. Robbie Lawler, a former UFC champion. Kamaru Usman was the champion when they fought both times. Even Tyron Woodley, obviously by that point, Covington was was heavily favored and, and had passed Woodley in most of the rankings. But again, Woodley had done something Covington never done, which is capture uh, an undisputed UFC title. So, so that 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 doesn't quite fit the the you know the story I'm telling here. But but I would say even then there was that need to to just put to rest that sort of that any question that that he was better than Woodley again. Most people knew he was. Or that at that stage of their careers, but seeing it was like, okay, well now he's you know there's no stopping Covington from getting another rematch uh, with Usman, which which is what happened after that. So this, but this is a different situation. This is a guy who's like coming for his spot, um, even though you know Mazdal has been around for longer than him and is arguably more famous than him. You know, so maybe the more a bigger mainstream star after that crazy year he had a couple years ago. Uh, but Covington is is defending a spot. He is the consensus. Uh, we say it, the UFC says that he is the number two welterweight in the world uh and i i don't know i don't know how that will affect him uh he, he is a guy who he knows how to take care of business like we said he's gonna go in there with probably you know a similar plan as usual try to drown masvidal his 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 style works for that you know he doesn't need to like adapt it differently for for people even though masvidal is a different opponent than his last few guys so i really i'm really really wondering if that if there's even like a slightest shift in motivation or mentality uh that could cost him um so yeah, and 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 obviously Mazda, I do think is the hungrier is the is the the hunter in this case. So we'll see how that uh, if that affects either guy. This is kind of interesting that I, that I just noticed, Jed, because you you've written a gambling article for UFC two seventy two, uh, sort of a pick 'em kind of a thing. The betting lines as we speak, according to DraftKings, Jed Colby Covington the minus three thirty five favorite, Mazda coming back at plus two sixty. Now going through history. If the line stays this way and closes at plus 260, Jorge Mazadal will enter a fight tied as the biggest underdog in his entire career, tied with his fight with Gilbert Melendez in December of 2011. Even the 261 fight with Kamar Usman, he closes as a plus 250. So he will close tied as the biggest underdog he's ever been in his career, Jed, if this line closes where it's at right now. Are you surprised by this? Do you feel like this fight is lined appropriately? I'm surprised it'll be the biggest just because he really should have been a much bigger underdog to Usman the second time around. Um, but I guess there goes the power. I mean, that that's the power of stardom, right? You can talk people into thinking things that aren't true. Conor McGregor hasn't had an appropriately set line in his basically his entire career because the public moves it towards him when they shouldn't. Um, I think the line's pretty good, honestly. I'm, it, we're going to find out how good the line is about one minute into the fight because I think my expectation is that Colby Covington is – 
for everything people think about him. And I think a lot of those things, he is not an idiot. He's a really smart fighter, especially. And this is, frankly, a really good stylistic matchup for him if he does the things that he does. Um, again, I expect that he got the better of those gym sessions and he knows it and he is going to come in and do the smart and appropriate things, which really puts it down to, in my opinion, Masvidal needs to get him out of there with a big set of offense in the first round or two. Um, and if that's the case, and like I said, that's what I think it is. I think this line's spot on because that the odds should play out about minus 300 or so. Um, maybe it's a little gassed up as it gets closer but i still think it's pretty close to right um but if if he's a little shop worn or god forbid he comes in and like wants to brawl it out with hori mosfall this line's terrible <laughs> and it's going to immediately be oh colby's swing swinging and banging with mosfall he should be the underdog so we're gonna find out really quick i guess jose i'll ask you one one more question before we get to picks it seems like most of us are in agreement that there's more to lose here for Colby Covington after all the trash talk, some of the awful things he said, him getting bolted at all would be a pretty bad look for him. Mazadal, yeah, there'd be some sort of effect with a loss here. There'd be three in a row, but you know, once you're a made man, then you could kind of use that for a little while. There's still big fights for you. So I'm curious for the Covington side, in your opinion, is this do or die for Colby Covington? Is this outside of a tight, is this, is this the must win fight for Colby? Cause if he goes out and loses, this is pretty detrimental. Is it not? I think if, if he loses badly to Hori Masvidal, it's going to be detrimental for the moment. But like you said, like once you're a made man, you can kind of parlay that into a lot of bigger fights and, like Jed said, Colby's not an idiot. He knows what he's doing when he's building these, fight, he, these fights. And a lot of fighters hate Colby Covington. Uh, a lot of high-profile fighters named Covington. I mean, he's planting seeds for fights after this. Like, would you be surprised if they tried to make the fight against Dustin Poirier? Like Dustin Poirier, Colby Covington? That could probably headline a pay-per-view too if the UFC needed. Colby, uh, Dustin Poirier is a big name after beating Connor twice. Colby Covington's a big name for his mouth. And uh, Colby Covington is saying a lot of horrendous things about Dustin Poirier. So uh, like we said, we want to see people hate each other, get into a fist fight. So uh, I think depending on how this fight plays out, I'll have a better answer. If it's a, if it's like one of the Usman Covington fights, or it's one of those like back and forth wars, and there's a winner, then they're obviously running back because of how good the fight was. But if someone just gets absolutely melted in the first round, probably not a rematch. But I think in the in the near future, there's still big fights for for both men, depend even if they lose badly. Considering that they are like the crowd today at the ceremonial weigh-ins was almost at capacity for the seats. Uh, that were available because they're obviously building the octagon seat behind it. So the fan interest in this fight is palpable here in Las Vegas. There was an absolutely massive line to get into the press conference and the ceremonials. So the fan interest is there. Both fighters are very popular for whatever reason. Uh, fans like each fighter. So I don't think this is a do or die for Colby for big fights, but it's a do or die for him if he wants another shot at. Uh, well, and more importantly, I don't know if you guys watched the fan Q and A at the beginning. Kamara Usman said he's going to fight Colby Covington again because Colby Covington has a lot, has, has a big mouth and he's not going to rest until he just turns his lights off. So if the champion who's already two and O over someone is saying, I'm going, I'm still going to fight him a third time. Chances are that fight is eventually going to happen. Losing would kind of, they would put a lot of space between now and a third fight. But if he wins, I wouldn't be surprised if Usman fights Covington again by the end of 2023. 
Jose, I know you got to get rolling, so we'll let you wax poetically first. Break this one down, my man. How do you see it playing out? And ultimately, who you got in this main event? Will Colby Covington have the last laugh, or will Jorge Mazadal shut up his biggest critic? Uh, a smart man would probably pick Colby Covington uh, because his weapons seem to be what Corey Mazadal's weaknesses are. Um, but I feel like a lot of the people out there, especially or even on the site, are probably going to pick Colby Covington. So I'm just going to play devil, devil's advocate and pick Corey Mazadal. Like I said before, I think Corey Mazadal has absolutely incredible killer instinct. If he hurts you, he could be losing, like I said, X amount of rounds. He could be down 4-0. He hurts you once in the fifth round. Corey Mazadal could very easily win like that. Corey Mazel has absolutely wicked attacks to the body. Colby Covington was getting hurt a lot with body shots. He adjusted between rounds. So Colby Covington, I think both of these men's fight IQs are incredibly underrated just because we are kind of looking at this as a grudge match and not a high-level martial arts competition. This is every everything we said about Darren Till and Robert Whittaker, this just being like a violent chess match. I think that's going to be this fight. It's just going to be more violent because of how like one fighter likes to go forward and the other fighter likes to go forward. Neither man is really a counter striker. They just like to kind of explode on you, but I'm going to pick Hori Masvidal. I think he's going to hurt Colby to the body or at least clip him. I think he's going to, and I think he's going to be losing the fight when he stops Colby Covington, if that makes sense. Like he's going to be down either two rounds or it's going to be one, one and he's losing the round and then he's going to hurt Colby. And then he's going to capitalize on it and he's going to finish it. And then it's going to be like one of, it's going to be like Usman, the first Usman Covington fight where he hurts him. He swarms him. They stop the fight. And then immediately Colby Covington starts to complain. And then immediately we book the rematch. That is my prediction. Wow. That is weirdly specific. That's like my Robert Whitaker pick almost like, well, exactly I think a lot of, I think I'm, Looking at the comments of the last few preview fights, I think a lot of people were like, you guys didn't, Jose didn't even talk about the fight. So there you go. That is my hyper-specific prediction for the main event of UFC 272. Well done, my also, man. Also, right, see the comments. Go. I am not in my apartment. This is a hotel room. That is why the bed is not made, because I ran in from ceremonials and threw all my stuff on the bed to tune in for all you fine folks. Okay, and now you get to head on out. Where are you going? Where are you heading now? There is a uh, fan Q, or not even a fan Q&A. There's a Q&A for is doing a Q&A with UFC President Dana White. There's like a behind-the-scenes thing of Bruise. It's not so we're going to watch how Bruise was made, and then we're going to have like time to talk to both Halle Berry and Dana White uh, here in like 20 minutes. So I could just got to zip over back to the UFC Apex. So watch for that content on you on MMA Fighting's YouTube page. All right. Well, have fun, my man. Well done. Thank you for jumping on. All right. Tell Hallie I say what's up. Tell Hallie AK, AK says what's up. No. Yes, ask Dana White what he's doing backstage. Don't know. What was Dana doing backstage at UFC 270? <laughs> Why didn't you put that on? That's the, still the glaring question of the year. We're this close to crowning an NBA champ. And with the action heating up on the court, it's even hotter at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet, up to 1500 bucks if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200, or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. AK, we go to you. What you got, my man? And for those who missed the weigh-in show, I think you might drop a few jaws out here with this pick. Oh, yeah. Well, l- 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 listen, I'll spoil a little bit here. Uh, so I threw up a poll. It's ongoing right now. Uh, I threw it up at the end of the weigh-in show, but it was like right at the very end. So I said, why not start the preview show by throwing up this poll? Who wins the UFC 272 main event? Four options. Covington by decision. Covington finish. Maswell decision. Maswell finish. It was it was uh, a clear, I think it was almost like 50% in the mor- when we did it in the morning. Uh, Covington by decision. Much closer now. Covington by decision, 41%. Masvidal by finish, right behind 34%. So pretty close. I don't know if I don't know if it's just a different crowd we have here on the preview show or if, uh, you know, just people have been swayed by maybe a Jets gambling art column or uh, or what they saw at the, uh, the you know, the final ceremonial weigh-ins. I don't know. But uh, it's a little bit closer tonight for sure. Uh, Covington by finish, 20%. And then Masvidal by decision, 5%. Why would anyone pick that? Uh, obviously, I am picking Masvidal by decision. Uh, I have <laughs> – listen, <laughs> listen, listen. And, and, and Jose kind of broke down how it could be possible. I, I kind of see it the way he says it, except I don't see uh, Masvidal being able to quite get that finish. I think he will hurt Covington uh, at least once during the fight, maybe in the, in the third, fourth, or fifth round, maybe after a couple of rounds that Covington takes. And it, I could see it just changing the whole complexion of the fight. And all of us thinking like, oh, man, that finish should come any, any minute now. And again, I, and I don't think he will be able to. I think Covington is super tough. Um, so this, this, so me going away from uh, Masvidal by knockout is 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 both because, uh, like I said, I think uh, I don't know if, if Masvidal has quite enough to put him away, and I think Covington is super tough. He, he he just is really really difficult to finish, but he can be hurt. He 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 again he got hurt at the end of the first Usman fight, uh, and I'm sure he got hurt a bunch of times in, in the second fight. Uh, it, it was uh, so I I know it's the least likely option. I always tell people don't gamble on MMA, and if you do, certainly don't do it based on anything I'm predicting. But I think the fight is closer 
skill-wise on paper than people think. And it's because of that. I, 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 if I th- I'm, I'm going with Masvidal to win, and I just don't think uh, he necessarily has to finish to do it. I think he can hurt him. I think he can outstrike him. I think he can survive some of the wrestling exchanges and avoid getting taking too much damage uh, off of his back. Again, Covington will probably win some of the rounds. We're probably seeing a 48-47, or even uh, if it's a 49-46 uh, for Masvidal, as I'm picking, with like two of those rounds being like toss-ups. It's going to be a close fight. I think it's going to be a really good fight. I think the emotion plays into it. Like I said, for whatever reason, I know it's intangibles, uh, but I am going with the the emotional edge going to Masvidal. I see Michael Harris asking, do you go out of your way to make crazy picks? I think anyone who watches the show knows, I watch their previews and reads my predictions. I'm usually the exact opposite. I'm probably the most conventional, boring uh, fight picker there is, which is why my my picks aren't great. You have to pick upsets every now and then. But in this case, I am going with chaos. I am going with uh, – <laughs> well, not chaos. You're going against going, chaos. I'm going against chaos, <laughs> but I am going for an unpredictable – You're going uh, with anarchy. Man- yes, the anarchy. Thank you, Jed. The least predictable pick. Masvidal by decision, and he's uh, and uh, I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with it. I don't know. I don't know why people think this is impossible. We've seen stranger things. Everyone seems to be convinced it's one or the other, coming to decision or Masvidal KO. I think it goes the distance, and I think Masvidal wins. Jed? Who wins and why? Before I say that, I will say, funnily enough, AK, uh, Masvidal by decision is not the least likely outcome. According oh. to our good friends, DraftKings.com, Masvidal by decision is plus 2,500, uh, or by decision is plus 1,000, by submission is plus yeah. 2,500. So That makes sense. I don't, I think that makes way less sense. I think there's way more likelihood that Masvidal, like, club and subs him. Because Masvidal can grapple his ass off, too. Like, a guillotine choke, well within play. Um, But I'm not taking that. Give me Colby Covington by decision. It's chalk, and I don't care. I'm taking it. Uh, I said it earlier in the the broadcast. I think that this is just an incredibly good match for Covington. Masvidal, for all the work he's done with wrestlers over the past two years, in those fights with Usman, he still just consistently got backed up to the fence in straight lines. And that's where Covington does his best work is pressuring you forward, getting you with your back to the cage and then playing kind of a bad Habib version of takedowns where he's not a great top position controller. He's not bad, but he more prefers to float, let you get back up so he can lean his weight back on you, take you back down, weaponize that cardio um, and, and continue kind of sucking the life out of people. And that's that's what he does. He doesn't shoot a lot in the center of the cage. He certainly doesn't run forward and duck his head down like Ben Askren does. And the biggest thing to me is I rewatched all their fights coming into this. I wanted to, you know, have as, as much context as I could. And the biggest fight I'm thinking of here is Covington's fight with Robbie Lawler. Sure, Robbie Lawler is maybe not at the peak of his powers at the time they fought. Um, but this is still Robbie freaking Lawler. And I don't care that Jorge Masvidal has some some fun KOs in the last couple of years. Robbie, I would way rather get punched by Jorge Masvidal than Robbie freaking Lawler. And Lawler came out in that fight against Covington. And he threw hammers right out of the gate. I don't think people remember because of the rest the way the rest of that fight looked, but he came storming out a la Masvidal on some of these recent fights and couldn't put Covington away. And Robbie Lawler can't do it. I, I just don't, I'm going to bet that Jorge Masvidal can't do it either. And if he can't get him away early, I think Masvidal is super tough, super defensive. He can survive, but I think Covington is, is just going to, 
do that thing and and get the win the way he's drawn it up for as long as they've known each other basically I agree with a lot of what you said and I, I've been thinking about the Robbie Lawler fight as well it's it, it makes a lot of sense in in context of the matchup and there's a lot like you can make the argument that and I talked about this a little bit on the way-in show that what Jorge Mazadal did in 2019 I mean, it was just, it was the greatest snowball effect year, maybe in the history of the sport, just how everything lined up. And then if you go back in context and just think about those wins and those finishes, they haven't aged tremendously. Like a Darren Till knockout win doesn't age all that well. It was just spectacular in the story. The Ben Askren flying knee, I mean, it doesn't matter if he did that to Ben Askren or literally anybody else. That's a moment that we'll always remember. But the fact that Ben Askren talked all that trash and it happened that way, amazing. Nate Diaz, you can make the argument that, I mean, I thought Mazadal put a beating on Nate Diaz that entire fight. I thought that was one of the best Mazadal performances of all time. Like, I thought he looked just tremendous from pillar to post. But again, There's questions. Nate Diaz, could he have kept going? Would have been interesting to see how the fourth and fifth round went. But it was just this snowball effect. And I kind of head into tomorrow night with the same headspace that I had for the Covington-Tyron Woodley fight. Like, not the exact same, but similar. Because if Jorge Mazadal cannot get up for this fight, if he isn't as motivated as he's ever been for this one, I just don't know if any other fight will. I feel quite confident the fact that the best game-bred Mazadal we've ever seen is going to show up in terms of preparation and readiness, all of that physically, mentally, top-notch. I think this is as good as it gets. Will there be some emotion in that octagon? Sure, there will be, but Masvidal is a vet. He's seasoned. He's not going to go out there and get reckless. So this might be the best version of this guy that we've ever seen. Having said that, if Colby Covington shows up, and this is all mental. If he doesn't just go out there and just think, I'm just going to roll this dude. If he doesn't take Mazadal too lightly, if he doesn't just think this is an easy night at the office and doesn't take it seriously, Kobe will win the fight. Because Mazadal has power, the knees, the body kicks, the accurate punches. The guy can crack. But Colby has a chin and a half on him. And he's taken some shots from, like you said, Jed, Robbie Lawler. He's taken some of Kamara Usman's best shots and kept on fighting. No matter how you feel about the guy, Covington is tough as hell. He will get hit with the big shot. He will shake it off, and then he will throw two or three right back at you. Mazadal does great work to the body, the short hooks. He digs into the body so well, and if he can establish that like right away, that might make things a little interesting, but I feel like Mazadal can land early. He might even drop up Covington, but if he doesn't get him out of there in the first four minutes, this is not going to go well for him. So I think the fight should be lined somewhat closer, but this has 49-46 Covington written all over it. Maybe he even gets a late finish of some kind. You can prepare for wrestling. You can prepare to defend a takedown, but you cannot prepare, no matter how long you take, to match the kind of pace that Covington can put on you. It's freakish. It's freakish. 34 years of age or not, it doesn't matter. That pace is still going to be there. So I'll go Covington to win. Might have a tough first round. Might be a little tentative, but he's going to get cooking. And once he does, it's going to be an uphill climb for Mazadal, in my opinion. Colby is a different fighter than when they last trained together. Yeah, Mazadal is too, but Covington's major weapon is always there. It has been for years. It's still there. The other skills have just kind of continued to evolve and catch up. So that's my pick. Mazadal could do it. I'm not completely counting him out, but if, if Covington just shows up, if he just shows up, he'll win in my opinion it's he's just the better fighter he's just the better fighter so we'll see maybe AK's right get the decision win. 
You said something at the end that I just feel like should be noted. Yeah, Covington's 34. Masvidal's 37 with 50 fights and 20 years in the sport. He mileage. It, honestly, the fact that he competed as well as he did against Kamaru Usman on nine days or whatever is incredible. The his performance was going well in the rematch, but like it wouldn't at all surprise me if he's just really deflated from where he was right before this run. Cause that's really hard. 50 fights over 20 years pushing 40. Like that's, that's a lot, a lot of that coming. So be interesting. Yeah. And I, I think it's an interesting factor. He's coming off of a knockout, but he had a lot of time to recover from that knockout and coming and Colby's just at a war with Usman not long ago. So I wonder how that, will actually factor into this thing. My Boston accent just came out for some reason. It never really comes out, but it Wanda came out there. So <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. Co-main event, AK. We got Rafael Dos Anjos. Remains on the card. Stays in the co-main slot. Still five rounds. No longer fighting Rafael Faziv. Now he fights Hinata Moicano. Look, AK, this is a hashtag written all over it. Rafael versus Rafael. Tremendous matchmaking. We all wanted to see it. Things happen. It's a weird era. But all things considered, you could do a hell of a lot worse than Hinata Moicano, right? Yeah. Uh, look, I, I, as far as buzz goes, none of us really were thinking Moicano when, you know, when the fight uh, had to get changed. We, we were all kind of, uh, you know, oh, Makachev. Um, Kitty jumped in later. Uh, there, there just seemed to be some cool, fun options. And, and Moicano is a fun option, you know, now that we have it. It just wasn't what we expected. But good for him. Good for him so, for, for sort of pulling, like, a Bobby Green and kind of just jumping an opportunity. Uh, not as high reward, of course, beating uh, RDA. But for Moicano, it is because he's just trying to get into the top 10. He's been trying to get into the top 10 of lightweight for some time. Uh, he was a top 10 featherweight, I believe, after he beat Jeremy Stevens and later beat uh, Calvin Cater. So he's had that ranking before in a different weight class. He wants it at 155. Um, he's beaten solid guys, but no one with a name near the level of Rafael Dos Anjos, a former UFC champion. So this is very smart of him. This is a great um, great call for him to come in and take this opportunity at 160 pounds. It, it's essentially a lightweight bout. I, I will I will move Moicano up the rankings if he gets this win here. I'm, I'm definitely not making any exceptions because they're fighting five pounds above. Who cares? Um, but uh, it's also no one likes to lose. You know, we say it's low risk, but it's not no risk. It's not no risk. It's still a losses record. It's it'll still be uh, kind of you know something people can throw at him. Yes, it's on short notice, but like he can't quote unquote he can't win the big one. You know, Brian Ortega, Jose Aldo, Korean Zombie, Fazee. Fazee was a big test at, at lightweight. He can't win the big one if he can't uh, he can't beat Dos Anjos. Um, would things be different if it was on a full camp? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, but I, but I, even then, I think there's only going to be so much leeway if he loses. In the eyes of the matchmaker, it's not going to hurt at all. Like I said, you, you get him right back on track, get him right back in that you know fifteen to twenty five range of opponents. Um, but I, but if you're Moicano, you're himself. You're definitely not going to this thinking like, oh, whatever happens, happens. He he really wants this, and in his mind, probably needs this. Uh, RDA, I don't know. RDA, it's a good for him. It's a good keep busy fight. Good way to show um, you know that he's still he's still one of the best. If he can take out a Moicano. Um, so, so in that sense, it has value for him. But otherwise, boy, very, very risky. Uh, but, of course, he wanted to stay in the card, and uh, they gave him a worthy opponent. Jed, your thoughts on the co-main event. If you want to go ahead and wrap up with the uh, the, the pick and why, and I'll tell you why you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> Happy to do it. Um, maybe hear my arguments before you assume I'm wrong. 
But uh, look, we talked about it the other day on BTL. I, I think that there were maybe some things that I would have been slightly more interested in. Um, but you can't be mad about this. Talking to top 20, 25 lightweights going at it on three, four days notice. That's that's pretty good, all things considered. Um, my one, you know, major issue here is I I feel very strongly about how this fight's going to go. I would be a lot more interested in it with a full camp. And I'm sure you're going to talk about how Moicano went home and got into the gym. Sure, I'm certainly said that, and it may even be true to some extent, but you don't come off a big win like Alexander Hernandez and not do any celebrating. And this wasn't like Makachev, who just had his fight last weekend, and so you can still assume that he is exactly at peak form because it's just a few days after. Moicano went home, he did some celebrating, maybe he did get back into the gym, but there is enough of a gap here. You know, We're talking three weeks at this point where I have to assume he is not coming in in the shape that he was for Alex Hernandez. So he's going to be a little diminished there. Cardio has never been like a super strong point to Moicano's game anyway. And he's coming into a five round fight and not even a three round fight that he had previously prepared for. I think all those are really bad for him. And I think the style matchup is tough for him as well. Um, Moicano is relatively slow of foot. You can move him around the cage and Dos Anjos, is one of, if not the premier pressure fighters, certainly in in the lightweight division. He he is going to walk you down. He's going to keep putting that uh, unreal pressure on you, get you backed up to the fence, hammer your body with with uh, a really nasty round kick that he's got and, and body shots, and just kind of wear you out over the course of rounds and, and take advantage later. He can also crack really well. It's not like Moicano's impervious to getting knocked out either. I think. The only concern I have here for RDA is, like we talked about previously, he is also 37 going on, you know, 38, a lot of miles, um, fewer fights than than Masvidal, I think, off the top of my head. But he, he has fought a murderer's row. And, you know, we could be seeing – we could see that he isn't at his best, I don't think, anymore. But I don't know how far he's fallen because he was a welterweight. He dropped down. The Paul Felder fight, I thought he won convincingly, but Felder is also a really good style matchup for him. So it's it's tough to have a great gauge on how he is, but I think given the circumstances and the style match, I feel really confident that he's going to go out and just do vintage RDA stuff to Moicano, especially as the fight gets later. So I'm going to take him by either late, late stoppage in the championship rounds or just a, a pretty clear decision over five. AK, your thoughts, and then I'll. Get yeah, I, I'm going. I'm going RDA decision all the way. I mean, it's just I just don't think he's that far removed from where he was, like as a, you know, at his best. I, yeah, yeah, he's older. Um, but we're talking about his resume. Man, does anyone over the last like seven years have a better resume than him? Like this is. Cra- I, I'm counting losses too. I'm just counting like guys he fought. Like this is pretty crazy. Leon Edwards, uh, Usman, Covington, Robbie Lawler, who he beat, Neil Magny, who he beat. Uh, losses to Ferguson and Alvarez. Uh, Cerrone, he beat him soundly in their second fight. Uh, Anthony Pe- Anthony Pettis, Nate Diaz, Benson Henderson, and then Habib before uh, a couple of fights before that. This guy fights just has fought nothing but like the the, the deadliest killers uh, in two in two weight classes uh, for the the past seven years. And I just don't think Moicano, as talented as he is, I just don't think he's at that level yet. Maybe he will be someday. Maybe he'll rise to that level someday, and uh, and RDA will fall to that level. I just don't think they're quite crossing 
that section yet where where Moicano is is good enough to beat him. I just think uh, RDA is one of the one of the you know most underappreciated fighters of all time. He he he's uh, even some of the fights I mentioned, like the Covington fight, that fight was super competitive, right? So even against the best of the best, even when he loses, you see how good he is. Um, and Moicano just not quite there yet. So I I can't again. I, I, this is me normally doing these safe picks. I can't go against RDA yet uh, in this scenario. I think he's just uh, just more experienced and just a better fighter right now. If you're a newer fan, I highly recommend you go back and you watch Rafael Dos Andres's, like after the Habib loss, the next five fights he has, the Jason High knockout, the Benson Henderson knockout is brutal. He whooped Nate Diaz. He put a beating on Anthony Pettis over five rounds. I mean, this was an absolute mauling for 25 minutes in a title fight to become the champion. I mean, this was a vicious beating. And then he just disposes of Donald Cerrone. He loses to Eddie Alvarez, and then things start to fall apart, and that's kind of what happens in the sport when you're fighting the quality guys. But go watch that five-fight stretch because this guy was at the top of his game. He was unbelievable. I will say... When thinking about this this fight in particular, the five rounds worries me a bit on the Moicano side. Skill for skill. I'm with you, Jed, 100%. I, but I do think X's and O's. I think Moicano matches up with RDA very well, especially in 2022. He's the better striker. He's the better boxer. I think he's got the better jujitsu at this point. RDA, like you said, Jed, he has the style that could just wipe you out down the stretch, the takedowns, the level changes, the fence work, like you said. And for a guy like Moicano who cut a lot of weight and has been known to fade a little bit in these fights, it is a little bit concerning. However, also to your point, Jed, I just can't ignore that RDA as great as he is. Yes. He's a former world champion. I mentioned that five fight stretch. It's one of the greatest five fight stretches you'll ever see in the UFC. First bout hall of famer, hands down. The best days are behind him. He has been in there with pretty much everybody. AK just ran down this incredible resume. And when you're in there with everybody, the who's who's of this sport for that long, you can be a 2012 Toyota Camry, very reliable vehicle. Even at 125,000 miles on it, you can hang on to that car for another three or four years easy and get everything you need out of it. But then the 2019 version comes along and has less wear and tear, a little quicker on the pedal, more add-ons, got the touchscreen and the voice activation and the maps and the GPS, all of that. Both cars are great. They're both going to get you where you need to go, but give me the newer version to be a little slight, to be slightly better. Might get dicey down the stretch, but I feel, I feel good about a hot start from Oikano. And I think it's worth a dog shot. If you're playing the ponies, I think it's a dog or pass fight. And I think Moicano has some value on him. And I think he wins the first three rounds. We'll sweat it out down the stretch. But I think he wins. I think he wins a decision. I do. I think he's. I think it's his time. I think it's his time. And we're going to be talking about how not to Moicano fighting for a world title in the next two years. Probably not. Probably not. But I think he beats RDA. I think he could beat RDA. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm interested. What, if this were three rounds, I would agree with literally everything you said. Five rounds. Yeah, three I, rounds is a no-brainer. Because three rounds, yeah, three I would rounds say this no is brainer, for but. sure a dog or pass situation. Over five rounds, I feel like you're getting a lot of extra value on on RDA at only minus one sixty, especially five rounds on three week on whatever it was five days notice or whatever the hell he got. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's really hard to overcome, man. You could be right. We're yeah. gonna find out, but I'd be pretty we shocked. Are. 
And if yeah. he gets him out early, the cardio won't matter. But RDA is traditionally not a guy who goes out early, except for oddly against Eddie Alvarez. <laughs> Unclear what happened there. Eddie Alvarez rules. Yeah, that was, that's I what happened there. <laughs> I've never we I wasn't doing a lot of these shows when Eddie Alvarez was in the heat, but he would have been in that Michael Chandler Steve A. Miochin's category. <laughs> <laughs> Hot take. I know that that's oh, no. a hot take. People love the underground. Oh, no. Oh, man. All right. Real quick. Let's change the subject because Jed's about to Please. go down this road. Before we go to Loki banger in, in questions, we got to give a little shine to the feature boat because it's a good one at 145 pounds. Edson Barboza versus Bryce Mitchell. We got the exciting veteran who is an absolute terror on the feet, taking on the undefeated up and comer who is an absolute nightmare on the mat and with his wrestling. So, Jed, what's your pick? Who you got and why? When I first looked at this and this betting line, I thought this was going to be a Barbosa dog bet all the way. And then I watched the tape and I love Edson Barbosa. AK, to your point earlier, has there been anybody who's fought a, a tougher string of competition than RDA? Outside of a couple of UFC champions, Edson Barbosa is the only guy I can come up with over the past few years. He has also fought an absolute murderer's row of humans. And he's 36 and just one he's really well known like there's a very clear path to victory over him like it's been established and everybody who watches tape and knows things should be aware that if you just put him his back to the canvas and if certainly if you can get takedowns as well he's not nearly the threatening fighter that he is at space and range when he gets his time um bryce mitchell a lot of things you could say about bryce mitchell and and some stuff but he is clearly a thoughtful and intelligent fighter is going to know how to affect to effectuate a good game plan here. And this is just, we've talked about it a lot today already. This is a bit of a rising, you know, rising rocket ship, sinking star. Uh, Edson Barbosa is great. I've loved watching him compete. He's 36 and worn, I would say, is not uh, a bad way to characterize him. And Bryce Mitchell is is just on the come up. Um, if Barbosa can keep the center of the cage, this fight gets way more interesting really, really quickly. Um, I would favor him, but I just don't think he can. I think Mitchell's just really smart, pretty defensively solid at range, going to pressure Barbosa back and start working takedowns on the cage. And unlike some other people that Barbosa has fought, who he could maybe at least stymie on the floor, even if he's not a super great defensive grappler, Bryce Mitchell is a freaking murderer on the mat. That dude is is coming for your throat or a twister or anything on the on the floor. So... I'm I'm taking taking the chalk again. Give me Bryce Mitchell. Uh, I've officially picked a third round submission, but you know anything could happen. AK, you you are you with Bryce here, or do you think Edson can get it done? No, man, I'm going Brazilian vet again. Give, give me give me give me the older Brazilian guys. This is where I'm. RDA I picked already. I'm going with Edson Barbosa too. I just uh, I know that that you know grappling is the way to beat Barbosa. But I, I just, you know, I don't quite put uh, Bryce Mitchell in that Khabib category or, or even the Kevin Lee category. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe at featherweight he is, you know, as good, at least as good as like a Kevin Lee. Um, I just need to see it. Also, the stri- I just think the striking, yeah, it's, it's, it's of course, it's a work in progress. It's getting better and better every fight. He's a young fighter. He's developing. I think he needs a little more. I, I, I need him to have a little more to be able to kind of set up you know, set up this grappling, set up these takedowns. I just think the gap in striking is so huge. And I don't know if it's quite as big as the, 
the gap in grappling because I think Barbosa can survive. I do think he can survive. Uh, Jed is right, uh, uh, though, that Mitchell has like an aggressive grappling style that's not like uh, anyone that Barbosa has fought to move the featherweight. So that's a huge concern. Um, but I, but I, like I said, I think the striking gap is even bigger. Uh, and I think that matters. And, and, and I think we've seen fighters who are strong, grapplers and wrestlers. I, I, for some reason, my mind kept going back to the Tatiana Suarez-Nina um, Ansaroff fight. I don't know why. But that was a fight where uh, uh, Suarez won. But we kind of saw, like, if you're if – you're that, that dimension, that striking dimension is so limited, uh, it, you're going to have problems against people who are legitimate, experienced strikers. And that's kind of where this is. I think Mitchell's a bit of a better striker than Suarez is. Um, and, you know, the wrestling is a different story as well. But I just see this one staying on the feet enough for Robosa to get a win and eventually hurt – Mitchell, I actually have Barbosa winning by uh, knockout in the second round. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm with Jed here. I mean, what a moment it would be for Edson Barbosa to to hand Bryce Mitchell his first loss. But I just feel like Edson Barbosa is in for a nightmare of a night. Like this is Bryce Mitchell's not going to come out here and like get into a striking stance with Edson Barbosa for even two seconds. He's going to get shot out of a cannon and take him down in the first five seconds of this fight. And if he doesn't get it, he's just going to put him against the fence. and He's going to keep trying to chain him. He's going to go to a single, to a double, to a single, to a double. And then he's going to take him down. And maybe Barboza gets up, but guess what's going to happen? He's going to get taken down again. And then he gets back up again, and then he's going to get taken down again. And eventually... Bryce is just going to take you down and then you're not getting up. Like it's just so hard to change course. It's so frustrating when you know it's coming and you can't stop it. So I think this is going to be the Bryce Mitchell coming out party. I think he's just going to, I think he's just going to wrestle him to death. It's just going to be awful. Like Edson's just going to be so frustrated at the end and like, you're going to feel for the man. It's just going to be one of those things. This is just a nightmare matchup for him. So and who knows? Maybe we'll see Bryce Mitchell on the Joe Rogan experience next week after after this victory. But I, I have a that's feeling guaranteed. this is yeah, this is this is a lot, litmus, this is like the litmus test. And uh <laughs> yeah, I think Bryce is gonna go out there in 3026 at some Barboza. Like this is not Mike, gonna be a fun night for him. Mike Bryce popping up Bryce, uh listen, Bryce popping up on the Joe Rogan experience is like minus four hundred, if not higher. That's <laughs> that's gonna happen. <laughs> I don't know if it's next week or the week after, that's gonna happen. Oh, okay. A week after, as we say, he's got the truck convoy in DC. He's probably got to make oh. so. Oh, God. Right. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. All right. We got to move on. Kevin Holland versus Alex Oliveira. That's going down to 170. Kevin Holland, a big favorite in that fight. And then the main card kicks off with Sergey Spivak and Greg Hardy. So let's go to low key banger and then we'll go to some questions before we get out of here. Jed, low key banger. Well, I want to be clear. I could spend a lot of time talking Kevin Holland, Alex Oliveira, uh, but we <laughs> won't. But the fight's really, really fun and interesting to me. But my low-key banger, oh, I don't know what AK is going to choose. And I want to give us some variety. Uh, I'm going to go with one that there's just no way any of you guys are going to try and talk about. Um, and it's Nikolai Numagamaranu. I'm butchered that. I'm really sorry. Negomariano. Uh, it's Nikolai yeah. versus Kennedy, the light heavyweight matchup in the yeah, second. Nico, Nico versus Kennedy. Yes, Nico versus yeah, Kennedy. Nico yes. Kennedy. Um, that fight is. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be. It's not going to be probably as back and forth as like Jalen Turner, Jamie Malarkey has a chance to be. But Nikolai, dude can't be hurt by punches. I think it actually may be physically impossible for a human being to hit him and him to register pain or suffering. 
Um, because if you watched his fight against Alexa Kamur um, last year, he ate 500 just clean bullets to the dome and didn't even flinch. Like, we're talking a vintage Mark Hunt chin here. And Kennedy, Kennedy um, is super weird and interesting fighter. He's enormous. He's six eight or something for the light heavyweight, but he refuses to fight with length. He basically fights in this shell, completely ruining any, any like size advantage he has, but he is so big and he hits so hard that he can sit here and cover up and then just do that and eventually hurt people with it. Even in fights, he's losing very badly. And so I am fascinated because Kennedy's going to do this and Nico's going to come up and just start winging at him and Kennedy's going to start popping him and he hits really hard and he's going to be shocked when Nico can't be put down by mortal men. And so this is going to turn into a really weird slugfest for as long as Kennedy's chin holds up, basically. And I could not be more excited to watch this. It's going to be insane. It's a great pick right there. I like that. AK. I like that. No one's talking about that fight. Mostly I know. That's why I went for it. I didn't think you guys would pick that one, but I think it's awesome. Well, well mostly because we're having trouble pronouncing both guys' names. Right? Did you see uh, Rogan? Did you see the pause during the uh, ceremonials? For when he, when Kennedy yes. came on, I felt it for, was I felt for him. I was I was I was with him. I was like I feel you, man. When I was doing went, that first round of weigh and read reads, yeah, I felt him. Coming up next, Kennedy, and like the longest what? pause you've ever heard in your life. And thank God, I think I don't know if Anik was there was or someone Nick helped first. him. Oh, was it Nico? No, it was. It was actually. I think it was like Kennedy first, and then and then he or he he, he said Nico first. It, it, it was Nick first. Kennedy it was first. Nick, it was Nick first. Nick first. Yeah, oh, it was Nick and that's the one he struggled with. He struggled with both. That's long with long pause. He struggled with both. But there was a huge pause before Nagamariano or uh, Enzuchuku. Enzuchuku, guys. Kennedy Enzuchuku and uh, Nico Nagamariano. But listen, you can come to me for pronunciations. I just do whatever Annex says, and and usually it works out. Uh, I tried really yeah. hard to learn them, and then I've just forgot. <laughs> like I could it's spell both of those names cleanly, but pronunciation not I'm not strong at. I'm proud you you finally got Cyril. The, the 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 I before the the I instead of the Y first. Anyway, that's another th- wild. Part. I have to think about it literally every time. Good. Like, hey, it's, work- actively it's working out. It. It's working out. Uh, I'm gonna go with. I'm actually really. I don't. I didn't want to go with the. Yeah, I'll go with the somewhat more obvious one. I'm definitely intrigued by the Kelleher uh, Nermago meta fight. I'll go with the the lone quote unquote bantam weight fight on the card. I mean, it is at 145 pounds, but this is just Brian Kelleher being very smart. And booking fights against opponents who are willing to fight at 145. He's been doing this since the since the uh, COVID pandemic started. Uh, he's taken a, I think he's taken one or two fights at, at bantamweight, but I think since uh, COVID outbreak, he's taken like way more fights at, at 145. And good for him. And against other guys who are essentially bantamweights, just not wanting to cut weight. So that's what Umar is. Umar is, is a bantamweight. Um, I don't know what the odds are. I have to imagine Umar's at least a two to one favorite, right? Is that is that? Uh, 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 whoa, minus eight fifty. I just looked at it. Uh, okay, uh, fine. I think it's a bit closer than people think. Again, uh, Umar is legit. Uh, someone who I would not be surprised to see in the top ten by the end of this year. Frankly, he's so good. Minus eight hundred is pretty disrespectful to a veteran like uh, Kelleher, who's he's he's tough to put away. Um, but that to me is, I guess, part of the intrigue of this fight. Is I want to see how uh, Umar does against such a stiff test. And again, I just think it could be a, like a really entertaining fight. Even if it is, even if it does turn out to be somewhat one-sided for Umar, I think you'll have to see him like his full range of skills 
to uh, to earn a dominant decision over a guy like like Kelleher. So whether it's a close fight or whether it is a showcase for Umar, uh, I think it'll be a showcase worth watching. And that's exciting. AK, and again, that, that is technically our only bantamweight fight too, so I'm into it. AK, if they fought 10 times, how many do you think uh, Umar loses, I guess? I mean, or at how, least How one. many do you think Kelleher wins? At least one. Just one? probably one no i don't know like i think it's competitive okay. but i no, mean so gosh, I, that that drives to the point because people say this all the time uh that actually means the odds are perfect i guess yeah so minus 800 is like 90 percent probability of winning right so right they fought 10 times Kelleher wins one that number just feels really big but once you get over like minus 300 you're the the probabilities are really running together pretty closely so it's not like that disrespectful I think it's actually and I want, probably close to a correct line. And I wonder if it moved. Do you, uh, Mike, do you have what it, it definitely moved? That? It definitely did not open at minus 800. Right. But it's probably still pretty no high. Probably at, least, at least probably 500 or something, right? It's probably uh, it opened yeah. at minus, it was five or six. minus six. 571 it opened. Minus and five, wow. So then it, just people just pouring on onto the Umar. Yeah. That's He's a little bit. So a lot of parlay money on that. A lot of parlay okay, is so, getting busted if Kelleher pulls off the upset. So at one wow. So the minus eight fifty was a jump up, like a giant jump up, because at three o'clock Eastern time, money, so much money came in on Umar. He was a minus twelve fifty favorite at one point today. Wait, so what how much of an underdog is Kelleher? So like around plus six hundred? Uh let me uh, see. Usually the further that track, they actually yeah, plus six is right. right. I've got minus nine hundred. Uh, for Umar at DraftKings, mm-hmm. plus six for Kelleher. Maybe the, maybe the fix is in for Kelleher. Maybe, maybe the, again, the line is up. more to the Kelleher line than anything. No, don't gamble. People, don't bet on MMA. Kelleher got up to a plus 750 when that line bust, busted up to a minus 1250 for, for Umar. But some money coming in on Kelleher. Some, it's driving it back down. Um, I mean, obviously, if you are, are going to bet well, on MMA, you should bet a little bit lines on a bet like this. Yeah, and you should bet. Exactly. You should do like Bellator. Like you show they're like five dollars on Kelleher. If you are, if you are going to bet on MMA, you do something silly like that, like five bucks on or, Kelleher. Or if you go to MMAfighting.com, there's a wonderful gambling guide that's posted. Oh, and in I've that, that, if you're trying to have a good time, I'm going to shamelessly plug something <laughs> real quick. Do it because I think it's maybe the most fun bet I've ever found. Uh, Colby Covington, Jorge Masvidal to end in the first sixty seconds, plus twenty five hundred. So, you know, if you're thinking another big-time knee from Masvidal, another early baptism, let's have fun. Plus 2,500. There you oh, go. there's the uh, the Jed Mishu the fun pick of the week. <laughs> <laughs> long yes. shot of the week. Right there. I, the long shot of the week. There you go. My low-key banger will be the first fight of the night. Dustin Jacoby versus mm. Mikhail Oleksiak because – Good fight. It's just it's just gonna be so fun. Dustin Jacoby is such a great, well-rounded striker. He's gotten so much better. His hands, his feet, the kicks are nasty. And then he's fighting Mikhail Oleksiak, who could probably fight at like 185, maybe even 170, if he actually like took like went to the PI and like took his nutrition seriously. But he's not that kind of guy. He's a dude that's gonna be like all right, I'll fight at 205, and I don't care how hard you hit me. I'm just going to march forward, and I'm going to punch you in the face. Like, that's how this guy fights. It's super fun. Like, it really is fun to watch him fight. Um, I love it. I think it's going to be a close battle. I think it's going to be a really fun, close, absolute slugfest, and it's just going to be one of those ones that on the post-fight show, we're going to be like, damn, I wish it wasn't the first fight of the night because that should have gotten 50 Gs each. 
because these two are going to put on a war. So I think Jacoby will, will squeak it out. Just like I think his, he's a little more diverse with the striking, but Oleg Zajac's going to be right there chucking hands right in his face, and I love it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Great table and, center. And you also know at that point, at that time, of like the very first fight of the card, it's only like like how many people are going to be in there? Like 20%, maybe less, right, for the very first fight of the night. That that should be in front of like the packed you know, T-Mobile Arena with like, like later in the card when, when everyone started to come in. Yeah, it, it's, it'll be, it's going to be a great fight. Great fight. Okay, let's go to the peeps. Let's try to get a couple questions in here. This is a big card. We went longer than normal, but I don't care. It's a big right. card. Let's talk about it. And I love this piece. string because I look like I'm I look yeah, like I'm nine feet tall. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Towering. I look over like a us. giant. Yeah, absolute uh, giant. Wait, then while, while the tiny, there, hold on. <laughs> there is a poll. I I did tell a poll, guys. Uh, will you be ordering UFC two seventy two? And by the way, people, obviously I'm specifically I used to use the word order. Will you be spending the seventy five USD and paying for UFC two seventy two? I think people understood the question uh, because the results are not not favorable uh, for the UFC. Sixty one percent no. Sixty one percent no. They will not be ordering, which means doesn't mean they won't be watching. But it sounds like they don't want to plan to shell out that seventy five. Mike, AK, we talk about this a lot. Is this is this fight passing the mom test for anybody? Is are we getting are we getting texts from non MMA folk asking about it? Yes. No, well, not, you, not like text. I walked I walked my dog around the neighborhood, and I have there's a gentleman in my neighborhood that I I see from time to time, old boxing fan, and I walked around. He's probably in his sick, upper sixties, and the first thing he said to me was, uh, "Mike." That Scarface guy is fighting that that Trump lover. <laughs> Seven two, right? Because those two hate each other. And I was like, You're right. And, and literally, it? I'm just walking my dog, minding my own business, and he yelled that out to the whole neighborhood. Mike, I need a follow up uh, question. Is is that old man also from Boston? Because you live in low South Carolina right now. And you just hit a real he's from New Jersey. accent on him. Oh okay. he's from Jersey. He's from Jersey. <laughs> Okay. Uh, so I will say, that, if I think you're the accent, that if I, okay. If I showed a picture of Masvidal to my mother and said this guy's fighting, she, uh, I, I'm sorry, I just said I didn't say this guy's fighting. I just showed her. She would say, "Oh, that's a famous UFC guy." So she would know him as a famous UFC guy. She might not know his name, uh, Covington. Covington, she wouldn't. I think Covington, she wouldn't. She wouldn't recognize, um, which is weird because he's been in probably as many high-profile fights as Jorge has been over the last couple of years. But uh, I think Masvidal maybe just stands out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so doesn't so I will say does not quite pass the mom test though the name the name would not register it would not would not ring a bell. Is this a fight card you would you would introduce a non MMA fan to? No. Like oh you know what this is a you, you should come over and watch this card. This is like, you know the you you want to introduce them to UFC fighting. Is this one of those cards? No, it's a really good fight card, especially if you're a hardcore fan. But there's no storylines for people to gravitate to outside of the main event. If I'm trying to get somebody in, I'm um, just be like, hey, next month, clear your schedule. <laughs> April 9th. Yeah. hard on April 9th. Yeah, it's a good yeah. answer. I think, I, I think with the Covington Mazadal stuff, you'd end up being like the uh, a couple of memes. You'd end up either being like the guy at the baseball game talking to his girlfriend meme or the John, Sil- <laughs> or the John Silver Anna J meme. That's kind of a version of that. I, I think it's the meme with the guy yelling at the girl in the club going like. Yeah, that one too. Exactly. They're all the same idea. Yeah. So, man, yeah. So these guys used to be friends. They used to they were best friends. Bitter rivals. But then, and then, and then this guy became so famous. He got a five second knockout. And then this guy became famous because he's like, loves Trump. And it's like, there's a whole, like, there's a lot of layers to it. 
you would but end up both being love Trump. But they both love Trump. But they who both loves love Trump, Trump more? It's crazy. And then this guy called this guy Fidel. And it's like, oh, sh-. and then that's when it really went off. And then, you know, it's a whole thing. No. <laughs> too much to explain. <laughs> the briefcase? Too much to, too much to explain. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to go. I don't know if we can talk about that again. All right. Um, <laughs> sorry. I just had a, I got, I got this comment sorry, earlier. So I just had to share it. It's more, I just thought it was hilarious. Yeah. I'm wondering because Rogan is back. I was boycotting pay-per-view until then because I've... <laughs> can- I oh, hate cancel culture, so I'm canceling pay-per-views. I'm not going to buy pay-per-views <laughs> yeah. because yeah. I, I want to cancel. I don't know. I just- How dare you cancel things? I can cancel the UFC. I'm canceling the UFC. Cancel culture sucks. Fire and fire. <laughs> I think... <laughs> Thank you for your comment. Um, Galaxy brain. Galaxy brain. Thank you for your comment. <laughs> we got to talk about this fight because it's, uh, it's, outs- it's actually the only fight on the card where the winner could get a title shot. I knew. I, I knew. We Listen, I know. I, I'm, I'm going to the, to, to the website. Uh, Casey's first question would be about Marina Rodriguez versus Jan Janan, minus 14,000. So there you go. Um, if you if you played that line, you, you want a them, bucks. It's a fight that matters. High stakes. Could the winner of Marina and Jan jump over Esparza and get a title shot at Rose? So jump over Esparza, I think we can all agree that, that nothing either of these women do will, make, will, will do that at this point. But... What do you think, AK? Like, I feel yeah. like if I don't know if you agree with me, I feel like if if Yan Janan wins, she's not fighting for the belt next. If Marina wins, she is fighting for the belt next, but she's gonna have to wait for Rose versus Carla, whoever wins that fight. Is are you on the same page? No, listen, the UFC does not care about Carlos Farza. Yan, Yan Shanan winning an upset on Saturday and then somehow leapfrogging Carlos Farza, who just like <laughs> anni- who just like annihilated her, would be such a ufc thing to do like and they would sell it they would say oh yeah yan you know she's got it again oh that huge china following you know she's a star over there just like just like uh zhang wei li i'm sure that's the way they would sell it um they, they would probably pitch in something like oh carla isn't ready to fight they, they would somehow find a way to screw carla over they've been doing it for like almost two like 18 months now carla should have already had her rematch with rose namajunas so if you think it's impossible that one of these two especially marina i mean marina arguably could also uh has, has a stake to be the number one contender if you think there's a it's a stretch that either of these could could jump over esparza I, i'd almost be surprised if it doesn't happen at this point i have i am just like i'm the prince of positivity but boy it is hurting me not to see the UFC commit to just saying, yes, Asparza and Namajunas will happen at some point this year. You know, obviously we don't have a date. You know, the fighters haven't signed anything. They have. But that is our, they had is our, that is like our, they were they definitely going to do it. When? But he, Dana said it a bunch of times. Carl's next. It took a long time to get there. I just don't, I'm just, in, in <laughs> he said it recently. Has no, it said Dana it recently? Does say a lot of stuff, <laughs> right? I, in the last couple months, I think. I think. Brock I, I think Lesnar isn't fighting in the UFC again. I don't know Dana if I missed it. Listen, I don't know if I missed it or just chose not to believe it. Or <laughs> I, I just it has. I think it has no effect. I think. I think until it's until it's we we've got two sources reporting it. You know, and we're and we're the ones reporting it, or someone credible reports it. I just don't believe it. So Jan would be so egregious if she got a title shot over Esparza. But if it happened, I mean, do you really think I'd be like, oh, no, that's there was no chance. They, they, they have been finding ways to screw Carla Esparza for years out of a title shot. It shouldn't happen. Uh, Marina Rodriguez, I would have less of a problem with. But uh, Carla Esparza should get the title shot. It's just it's just not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed until it happens. All right. It's going to happen. 
Yeah, if Carlos, yeah. by, by it, I mean Carla's going to get it. And the reason I know this is because this yeah. fight is buried. Like, yeah. this, this, is, this is by ranking, by the UFC's ranking, either the second or either the best or second best fight in the card. I don't remember where the UFC has Jorge ranked right now. Oh, no, no, this like, is, no, this is the best. This is two top five fighters. I was saying, this is too well, uh, Jorge could be. I don't remember where Jorge is in the UFC. On rankings. the UFC's rankings. He could still be a top five guy. Yeah. For our rankings, it's certainly the best. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, given we're talking about UFC matchmaking, happy to use their rankings in this instance. This is not even the prelim main event. Like, they don't, they're not, this is not a fight that you set up to be like, this is obviously our title challenger. We did a really good job of getting people to, to know what's up with this. They don't care. They're just making this fight happen because. They are honestly super disrespectful. It's it's card placement, but yeah, Greg Hardy got to eat or whatever. <laughs> uh, we got a Greg Hardy mention. Uh, speaking of Jan, I'm glad this was asked because I almost said it a minute ago, and now I can just say there is the triple Jan that is still Jan 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 is in play. And it happens. If one, Yan Xiaonan, we want to talk about some feisty underdog action. Uh, she's currently plus 230. I think that there's some meat on that bone uh, against Marina Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Uh, so if she wins this fight, maybe she has to take another one. Maybe AK's right, and the China pull is just too much, and the UFC slingshots are in. I don't love her chances there, but miracles happen every day. Julia Pena is currently our UFC Women's Bantamweight Champion. So and who could have predicted that? Could happen. <laughs> anything could happen. Uh, Piotr Jan is certainly the favorite to reclaim the Bantamweight title, especially if you talk to my compatriots here. They're all big Piotr Jan fans, so that's it. And if Yuri Prohashka can take the belt off Glover Teixeira, which certainly could happen. I, I, I know that Mike obviously is against it, but if he does... I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Yanni Blocko get a crack. Um, and when you got two big boys just breaking brick and that legendary, now trademarked legendary Polish power is in play, we could have the triple Jan, the triple crown of Jans by the end of the year, and nothing would make me happier. I, if, if Dana White, if that's how he justified giving, uh, if Jan, uh, excuse me, uh, Jan Shanan wins on Saturday and, and, if that's how he justified giving her the teleshot over Esparza, then I would be all for it. If, if he was at a press conference, it was literally like, listen, listen, you have the opportunity to book Yan, Yan, Yan. What do you think? I'm like, what, what are you, an idiot? You're not going to do it? That's what you guys, that's what you guys are in the media, and, I, and I'm here, and I'm, and I'm the president of the UFC. UFC 280. UFC 280. Triple hashtag, Yan action. Let's go. Hashtag, hashtag Yan, Yan, Yan. Yan, 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 baby. Yan, Yan, Yan. There we go. A- now okay. we, there really A- is a path for Yan Shanan now. You're, I want to hear more of your Dana impression. That was that was so bad. Hey, were you an idiot? That's more, I don't know. Who, like who is that? I don't even know who, who I'm doing. That? I don't even know who I'm doing. Like, who is, You're Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> oh, hey, I got no respect for the president of the UFC. Hey, hey, yeah, yeah, you can't you can't judge a fight until no it happens. Uh, hey, no, no respect, no respect. Yeah. You know, I you know I don't book fights right after the fight. Hey, you know that's that. What, John Morgan, what do you no got a question, John Morgan? <laughs> he says no respect all the time. That's his line. That's that's the joke. That's the Dana White line. AK's Rodney Dangerfield and Casey has somehow turned into Arthur Fonzarelli from yeah. Happy Days. Hey, hey. <laughs> All right. Um, what else we got? Here we go. 
Yan 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 could have it on Fight Island. That October card, <laughs> and maybe they're not all champions, but we could absolutely see a card where Piotr Jan fights, Jan Blachowicz fights, and Jan Janan all fight on the same card, and I think that would count, right? Uh, Dollar Bill. Yeah. Any future champs? Say, oh, okay. We can move on. I was just going to say <laughs> that it, the Triple Yan should have already happened, but it would have absolutely for certain have occurred if, um, dude, UFC matchmaker, what the hell's his name? Um, Shelby? Joe, no, Joe Silva was still in. Because oh, he Silva. did dumb stuff yeah. like that all the time. He loved doing weird gimmicks that only he got the joke on. It would have definitely already happened if Silva yeah. was still playing. Agreed. <laughs> Uh, uh, any any future? What was the, what was the question? Sorry. Future champs? Any future champs fighting on the card? Dollar Bill likes Umar and Magomedov. Any future champs fighting on the card? AK, someone who will wear UFC gold in your opinion? I mean, Marina is a pretty good choice. I will say. I know a lot of people like her chances if she fights uh, Namajunas someday. Um, so th- that's the obvious choice. I know uh, uh, Dollar Bill is suggesting Umar. It's a little too early to tell. Definitely too early to tell. A win over Kelleher will tell us a lot. Um, but uh, I think it's definitely early. So, yeah, I, I'm willing to say Rodriguez. I, th- I think when that fight comes around, you will see a lot of people um, lean towards Marina. And if only because for some reason, I think Rose is always going to be viewed as sort of this hittable, um, vulnerable champ, um, which is fine. She has been in some in some tough fights. But uh, that's about the only one. I don't know. I don't know if I'm willing to go out on the limb and throw out like a Ulan Bekov. Dustin Jacoby. I would. Uh, Dustin Jacoby would just be hilarious. And I guess the other one, uh, sneaky pick. <laughs> Would be uh, would be like um, a Kevin Holland, you know, if he's just a new man at 170. But uh, Bryce Mitchell, Bryce Mitchell, another option. But that, that's just throwing all the options out there for me. I, I'm I'm sticking with the safe choice. I'd say uh, Marina. I think it's a big chance for Marina to become champion someday. I mean, you're just yeah. gonna not even mention Jalen Turner, eh? I mean, one. Uh, not yet. I lightweight's a grinder, but this dude's seven feet tall, lightweight, and showed a lot of really good skills. I wouldn't bet on him to be a champion, but I think he's got he's got a look at it. Um, you know, the, it's fun action. Outside. I think he's gonna he'll be at the UFC for a long time. I think fun action fighter, bonus like bonus bonus collector. His way, um, just because of what he's shown. And our case, so hate me, I don't care. Um, it's probably not true. It's not impossible for Greg Hardy to win a heavyweight title. It's just not because he's he's going it to is. get favorably booked by the UFC. Heavyweight is a super bad division. Taito Ivasa is is the number three or four heavyweight in the world. Anarchy reigns in that division. It would not be entirely unfounded for Greg the Hardy. The gap to between Hardy and Tuivasa is like as big as the gap between like Francis Ngannou and Sergey Spivak. No, I no. That's is it? Greg Hardy is bad. Yes, yes, it is. Is it? To answer your, to answer your question, yes, it is. <laughs> Greg Hardy's bad. He's real bad. Know. What is he's Greg not Go- good, but no one at heavyweight is good except Ty Tui Boss is good. Gone and Steve I'm, t- I'm tired of this Tui Boss disrespect. Tui Boss is good. Why? Why is he not good? What, 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 like I don't, I don't understand. Well, how, how can we can put him and Greg Hardy in the same anything can happen bowl? Ty is so much better than him. Well, I agree. I'm not Jeff. saying I'm saying Ty Tui Vasa could be champion. It would be insane, but he could be because anything can happen at heavyweight. You need four good fights in a powerful right hand. He's not going to get those. He sucks. I don't think Greg Hardy can get four <laughs> good fights. Get, if, no, I think Greg Hardy can get, get two good good, good victories. That, but, but I do agree with you, Jed, because of the favorable matchmaking. Great, no, I just, said I, I just said I agree with you, man. Oh. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I just said because he, he could get like that, just such a favorable, like short notice fight against a number three guy, like a Volkov or something. 
and then yeah. we'll give him a title shot. And then, yeah, just he fought Volkov. He got, he got a Volkov, and it he wasn't lost. close. He didn't look anything well like he because it, in the the time, it was a time zone issue. So he got he needs to do sure. it again. Yeah. Sure. Oh my God. Look, I get out of here. <laughs> I understand that nobody likes Greg Hardy, and I'm not here to say that anyone should like Greg Hardy. I'm just saying that people with less natural ability and athleticism have made incredibly productive careers in this sport. And he is going to get a favorable booking and get to fight as long as he okay. wants. And there's then a the, world where it happens. I wouldn't bet answer, on it. Hold on. Hold on. But I the answer to this stunned. question is, the answer to this question is literally anyone at heavyweight can be champion. Oh yeah. I mean, Sir, okay. anyway, so he, he, Spivak, Spivak can be champion. So Max is Spivak. Okay. Right. Then, then that's yeah. fine. If I we're saying anyone can be. I'm just saying anyone can be. Okay. Then that's fine. I mean, if we're using that criteria, yeah, that's fine. Listen, this, the, the reason that fight is, is opening up the main card is because it's not getting out of the first round. Either Greg Hardy is going, going to absolutely decision. destroy. It is going decision. I know. You've jinxed it, Mike. No. You've jinxed it so decision. bad now. Not no. that I believe in that sort of thing. No. I, I'm with no, Mike. I'm not. This is... no, I am, I'm also picking first round finish. I am picking first round no. finish. Greg, Greg Hardy is either going to knock Sergey Spivak into the third row or Sergey Spivak's going to take him down one time and punch his face in until the fight is over. Like, that is it. That's literally how this fight plays out. If Sergey gets one takedown, the fight is over. And if he can't, Greg Hardy's going to knock him out. That's that's the fight. That's how it's going to work. It's probably going to last 90 seconds, and it ain't going to be pretty, but that's how it goes. If Sergey gets a takedown, he wins. If he doesn't, he will lose, and that's it. How did... Did Greg already go 25 minutes of Volkov or three rounds? I three believe rounds. he went 20. 25. Or was yeah, it only but it three? Was like a, oh, but it was that wasn't a main event. It wasn't, wasn't yeah, it? three rounds. I was fairly certain that was. No. It wasn't a main no. event. Oh, it wasn't. You're right. It was the, okay. the co-main of that card. Good, good yeah. call. Because that was also the Zabit Calvin Cater, which oh, wasn't even okay. five rounds. Oh, yeah. Oh, right, no, no, there, right. was, there was no five-round fight. But, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, that was also a three-rounder. All right. All right, I'll take two uh, more. Good point. We, we got uh, we, we got the Maria Agapova Marina Moroz handshake, no. but it was it was very reluctant. It was a very reluctant uh, handshake. I, my, my man, my man from Markham, Nivathan Kuganantam, another friendly Canadian, having asked this question. Uh, no, I, I, I mean, oh, go ahead, Casey, you first. I feel the beef was before this actual real war started. And of both fighters really representing their countries, I feel like uh, they were like, okay, we're going to fight tomorrow, but let's cut it out with the whatever, the the the, the, the bitter rivalness. That's all I felt happened. Bigger things are afoot. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, yep. Agreed. I'm glad they shook hands. I was I yeah. was a little shocked by it. That was a great that was a great face off. That was probably the second best face off of all. I well I done. was a little. I was a little sad because I was the one I was I've been pushing that oh this is such an insane deep feud for the longest time and they're gonna they're gonna kill each other after the fight and but uh, no obviously it is a good thing given given what's going on in the world and in Marina Rose's uh, home country I mean uh, yeah I don't see how they could I think it puts a lot of things in perspective um, I, I think it's hard a little hard to walk back some of the ish that she said about um, uh, you know uh, about Ag Agapova but um, t you know time heals all wounds and of course again stuff like this really makes you think about what's important and. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think them being respectful was a good thing. Just the uh, the degenerate fan in me wanted to see wanted to see that feud carry over for the weekend, but it's, uh, such is life. Right, a couple more. Do a poll. Do you want Colby and Jorge to be friends again? 
I don't care. I do care. not care. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I'm sorry. I just, yeah. I, I just don't care if people hate each other or friends. It doesn't. Just as long as you aren't outlandishly disrespectful, I, I could not care. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, well, Colby speaking been of what, what, that. Otherwise, yeah. it's fine. Okay. Well, I, I brought that up because I want to bring this question up now. Uh, David said, can we get AK and Jed to squash their beef while we have them here? I, I think no, Jed has beef with pretty much everybody at no, MMA fighting. Our, and I don't think our beef with no one. They all come from me. Our, uh, the tension is what creates the magic. I mean, him and I collaborate weekly on this. Fritch Fist. makes fire, uh, baby. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You can't have everyone. I mean, there's different kinds of chemistry. Of course, my best friend Mike and I, you know, have the, the hottest MMA podcast in the world with uh, on to the next one. But that's a different kind of chemistry, right? It's a different kind of chemistry. Uh, Jed brings, like I said, Jed brings that spark. He brings a fire. It's a fire that you wish, you know, you could, that sometimes gets out of control, uh, that you wish, frankly, sometimes you could just extinguish. Uh, but that is not an option. Uh, he is he is full-time Jed now, as we know. You've been get, you guys have been getting, you guys are so spoiled. You're getting Jay. more you in your life than you have ever gotten plus a little drake rig sprinkled in in the morning so <laughs> yeah. uh what a lovely what a lovely concoction uh we have now at mma fighting and, and it just keeps getting better and better so no there's no there's no beef with us all right and this was uh just because this question was a, this is for me super deep cut question from sugar pooper <laughs> is casey the cameraman that got super close to rogan's face yes i am and um, it wasn't my fault. It was a very dark room. But Rogan was kind of rude. Just, so this was for UFC Fox 1. And me and Ariel... Ain't you a wrestle? Yeah. Me and Ariel did an interview of Rogan after the fight. And it was in a dark hallway. And we needed a camera light. We needed light on it. And since Rogan's eyes weren't adjusted to the light, when I turned the light toward him, he was like, get that camera away from me. And that's all it was. So. Oops. So you've been, you've been trying to cancel Joe Rogan yeah, for like yeah, a long time. I'm trying. Time. I'm trying. Yeah, this, yeah. Is long, this, this is a long. This is a long game. game. This is a long game. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. That's a, that's impressive. That beef. Right. There is a beef that needs to be squashed. <laughs> yes, I am a little uh, upset at AK because he mentioned the hottest podcast on planet Earth onto the next one, but he didn't mention that we're going live on Sunday to do a little oh, promotion yes. for said podcast, 11 a.m. <laughs> Eastern after oh. UFC 272 to do some some matchmaking but it's okay it's all right we uh we complement each other in other ways and it's it's all good so are we done we're done right well yeah one more one more just i, I there's some just some positivity i just saw there. that yeah i do have a law degree factor for you but i think there i think there i think there's i think there's separate statements i think it's this is i think it's jed Machu is my favorite mma fighting reporter period he has a law degree like he he also has a law degree, you know. So it's not one is defining the other. It's two two great things. I feel like taste, I, I feel like I feel like this is a compliment sandwich that is missing the the, the slight insult. Like we're, we're missing something in the middle there. No, we're doing great with compliments. Um, you know what else I have other than a law show? I have I don't have the hottest uh, podcast in the game like like these two gentlemen do, but me and my not best friend Mike have the hottest twitter spaces in the game that's coming up tomorrow the prelim pre-game uh everybody tune in twitter spaces when are we going to go probably for the uh uh, last two fights uh, rodriguez uh yan jao non fight we're going to be on twitter spaces having fun with it getting ready for the main card so 
uh, everybody tune in. And AK, that's that's how you drop promo. That's how you get people wow, I don't, get the people going. I don't have anything to plug. Uh, <laughs> read, my predi- read my predictions when they pop up in the morning. Uh, the, usually the, the, the worst the, the worst predictions in all of MMA. Uh, the, they'll be live Saturday morning, so check those out. And uh, I always say, You're don't winning. bet on MMA. You're winning our uh, picking contest. This the year. only reason the only reason I win our picking contest is because I'm the only one who remembers to do it every week. No, but this year you're I'm just like winning. I think I'm just winning by, vol- winning. by volume. <laughs> I think no, and this year bo- everybody's in. You're just winning though. Like you know all, what though? I, we've all been good. The other thing is, I think I'm winning by overall, but I never seem to win like the individual weeks. I think like I'm coming like I think I'm consistently coming in second or third every yeah. week, but I never win. I never actually win the weeks, and that's frustrating yeah. for me. You haven't won many of the weeks because I did very look at it earlier today. But yeah. you are winning the overall picks. Like me, Mike, Sloan, Sean, Teddy. and somebody else are all tied. I had a horrible UFC 270, like a really bad one. You and had a really I'm, bad I'm 270. Still, I'm coming back though. My, my last few weeks have been outstanding. Outstanding. My 271 was tremendous. I lost to Connor by by a, I don't know. I don't even know what happened. Yeah. I got robbed somewhere along the way, but that's it. Yeah. We're out of here. Um, 62% no I, buy. 62% no buy. Will not be spending money to legally watch UFC 272. Yes. As Ron Burgundy would say, I don't believe you, but we'll see. (laughs) 5.15 tomorrow, Eastern Standard Time, People's Pre-Fight Show. I believe the three of us are all going to be on for that. I could be wrong. I don't know. But Jad and I will be on Twitter Spaces at 9 p.m. Eastern. And here's what I'll say about Twitter Spaces. we're We're about to ramp Twitter Spaces up in a big way. So stay tuned. Announcement forthcoming sooner rather than later. Uh, it's big time ready stuff. For that. Killing it. We're going to do some Join stuff, the community. So. It's uh, a fun time. Yes. Get some sleep tomorrow or tonight because tomorrow's going to be a very long day and a very long night. So get ready for AK, for Jed. I am Mike Hack. Big shout out to Casey on the ones and twos. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Here's the truth about AI. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people.